Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkom, where we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. With us today, Philippe Deschamps, CEO of Ortho Regenerative Technologies, trades in Canada under ORTH for friends in the US, ORTIF. For those of you watching or listening at home, you're going to love this one because why? We're in the middle of NHL. NBA and global soccer championship season for all intents and purposes. So now more than ever, we're hearing about things like muscle tears, rotator cuffs, meniscus cartilage, because when a player goes down, it makes news, right? Now, here's the thing. We all think that care and repair is pretty standard, pretty effective. But the real problem is there's a massive problem with failure rates. Rotator cuffs are in the 40-50% failure rate, meniscus 20 to 40%. Cartilage, 15 to 35%. Shocking, right? Well, that means there's a strong need for more effective treatments, and that's where ortho uh, comes in. Uh, in layman's term, they use a proprietary, <coughs> pardon me, folks, restore technology platform to dramatically improve the success rate of orthopedic and sports medicine surgeries. With us to talk about the company, Philippe, welcome back, my friend. Well, hi, George. Uh, very nice to be back. Uh, and I couldn't have said it uh, better myself. You know, we get lulled into the... Uh, uh, into the athlete world, uh, when one of our favorite athletes get hurt, uh, we see them uh, spark back in six, eight, ten months, uh, and uh, when they uh, they uh, tear an ACL or something, uh, the real world for we mortals uh, is twelve to eighteen months, sometimes two years uh, to uh, to repair these uh, these tissues. So, uh, uh, what Ortho has developed is a is a means to try and uh, and uh, help that surgery be more robust, as you mentioned, lots of re tears and. Uh, uh, and to uh, to make it a lot friendlier to the yous and me's of the world. Yeah, and more than just lip service for you guys, you've already got FDA clearance to proceed with U.S. clinical trials. You've got nine patents issued in major markets around the world. And now you've announced that you received, and read this, received key U.S. composition method patent for soft tissue repair platform. Why is this important for the company in layman's terms, obviously? <laughs> and what's the size of the market that you now have protected. Yeah, so nor normally uh, patent uh, news is sort of ho-hum uh, and I, I get it, they're really important, but, uh, and the reason that uh, I cared more passionately about this one is uh, every company has, uh, has one key patent that, uh, that gives it the, the largest possible uh, opportunity. And this is the one, and that's why we news released it and, and made it a material event. So uh, as you pointed out, the patent that we received from the U.S. is now issued. Uh, so it's not, uh, it's not just, uh, it's, we, we have it in our hands. Um, uh, and what it is, is it's both composition and method. And what that means is the combination of three, quite frankly, unpatentable uh, um, uh, wow. elements, uh, which are uh, Kaidazan. Kaidazan has been around for a long, long time. Of course, a patient's own blood is not pan, uh, palatable, uh, or I'm sorry, patentable. Uh, and then finally, uh, the salt that sort of helps trigger the uh, the coagulation is not. But the uh, and I got to hand it to the uh, to the law firm that we uh, that we use. In fact, uh, it's uh, it's a law firm that used to work with uh, with uh, Dr. Barry Sherman uh, to invalidate a whole bunch of patents. So they build their patents in a way that stops 
uh, the Barry Shermans <laughs> from trying to invalidate them. So I'm really happy with uh, with the uh, with the composition of this uh, of this particular patent. So um, so we now own uh, that uh, that combination and all combination of salts, chitazan, and and uh, and blood products. Uh, so it's it's very broad. Uh, and the uh, the second part is the uh, the method part. So the method part is also covered, which is uh, the repair of soft tissue broadly. Uh, so uh, just to give you a size and scale of, uh, of, of this opportunity, in the U.S., there's about 600,000 shoulder surgeries every year. Yep. Uh, and uh, when you talk about uh, the tendon injuries that we were just uh, speaking about, uh, torn uh, ligament or anything like that, there's, a, there's about 600,000 of those every year. And then the other uh, product or the other injury that, uh, that everybody knows about, uh, we call them tennis elbow or golf elbow or things like that which are uh, not our Achilles here uh, tear, which are not necessarily only tears, but uh, what they're called tendinopathies. So they essentially uh, are pain that uh, doesn't seem to go away. Well, the ortho restore uh, platform is essentially uh, designed for all three of those. It's the same patent that will be able to cover uh, all three of those. Uh, so that's why uh, this is a this is a really big deal, and that's why I wanted to uh, to come on and and talk to you about it and to talk to your listeners uh, because it's uh, it's one that is uh, really foundational for us. And in your quote, it's pretty strong. You usually don't see these for patents, but it says this is a critical step in protecting our technology platform in the world's largest orthopedic soft tissue repair market. And I like this part, it's further validation of our novel approach. Uh, and so it's a key hard fought value creation milestone for the company. Let's talk about the, let's unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about why you said it's further validation. Why is this patent further validation? Well, you know, like I said, uh, the each of the elements here. What I love about this uh, this company and this product is it's uh, it's uh, elegantly simple, right? Uh, this is a patient's own blood uh, combined with uh, chitazan. And, and what's particular about chitazan, I, I think I spoke a little bit about this uh, when we spoke last, is that it's a, a positively charged biopolymer. Lots of big words to basically say it's got an electrical positive electrical charge. And it's a uh, and it's a, a substance that gets put in the body that uh, that uh, has been around for a long, long time and proven safe. And then finally, calcium chloride is a salt. Uh, it's not quite sodium chloride like the salt you put in your French fries, uh, but it's very, very similar. And the three uh, are normally not uh, patentable, but when you combine the three for a particular uh, reason, uh, and that's why I praise the work of the uh, the attorneys because this this was challenged quite heavily by the U.S. Uh, patent office. Uh, because of what's called prior art. So look, and, uh, and they finally uh, uh, relented, wow. I guess, uh, is the way to do it to, uh, to give us the patent. So now we own it until uh, February 2035. Uh, so this is a long, long runway uh, for us uh, that uh, should make us really appealing uh, when, uh, when we finish our clinical trial and, uh, and the, large, uh, um, uh, the large orthopedic companies start to look at how to build a franchise around this space where we own the franchise. So would you say this is a, a key value creation milestone for the company? It's you guys really fought hard to get. So can you put a value? I know sometimes there are companies out there that will value their IP or specific components of it. And you don't have to give a number, but you know, just can you give us a sense for how yeah, big? So, so yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a great question, George. And, and these are, you know, these are conjectures because ultimately value is what somebody's willing to pay for them, right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the way that uh, that people uh, like uh, like me and uh, and organizations uh, create value is you look at the addressable market. So look at those uh, six hundred thousand surgeries. 
uh, and uh, our the the cost of our uh, of our technology is measured in tens of dollars uh, per per application uh, in terms of our cost. Uh, but the value created uh, in uh, we're likely going to be charging between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars for the uh, for the product per surgery. Uh, so that's uh, you know that's a three or four billion dollar uh, market opportunity just for the shoulder repair. And then when you expand that to the uh, uh, to the meniscus repair, and then uh, to the 11 million potential applications for uh, for tennis elbow and, and the such, it numbers in the 10, 10, 10, 12 million dollars, uh, billion dollars, sorry, in terms of uh, what the opportunity is, um, uh, at least uh, sort of on the back of the envelope. Uh, so uh, when I say value creation, uh, this didn't exist a week ago, and it does now. So let's talk about. I mean, you use numbers like that, and that's great. And listen, you're a longtime pro. Uh, is specifically in, in the healthcare sector. So you, you know, you don't throw around terms like that loosely. No. Um, let's talk about for people who knew, because there are always new people watching and listening sure. and all that. How long ballpark be, until you get to market? Uh, because in the meantime, you go through some clinical trials. So uh, yep. what, does that, what does that look like ballpark? So look, we, we're, uh, we're taking this, uh, this organization right now, we're in what's called phase one, phase two. So that's the beginning of the human work. Uh, but uh, since uh, this, since our clinical trial is uh, is going to be done in the U.S. and done with the very surgeons that are the uh, the cutting edge uh, leading surgeons around the country, and it's not a double blinded trial. So the the assessor of the outcome is uh, is blinded, but the surgeon knows. Uh, the surgeon will know, and they'll know the application, and they know that the uh, that the ortho R product is going to stay resident. Because remember, the problem we're trying to solve here is PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, which is all the healing stuff in the blood exists in that uh, in that uh, part of the blood. Um, it's uh, used often. In fact, if any of your listeners. Uh, uh, Google PRP right now, they'll see their surgeon uh, or a, a local surgeon likely uh, talking about being able to use the injection. The problem is that PRP is like water. Uh, and so when you inject it, it dissipates very, very quickly. The magic of ortho R is it creates with this, remember I said the positively charged uh, yep. uh, biopolymer. Uh, well, most tissues in the body are negatively charged, positive, negative, stick. Right, so that's what makes it stick to the uh, to the surgical repair, and therefore the blood can deliver its repair system uh, over a four to six week process uh, rather than twenty four hours at best when you just inject uh, PRP alone. So well, it's, a, it's a massive vast, vast difference. Yeah, it's a vast difference. Magnitudes by several yep. magnitudes improvement. Yep. yep. Ballpark. How long until you think right. you'll be done the trials? <laughs> no, that's great. And, 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 and you know, but and by the way, it's important to note, right, uh, that. You don't have to wait for the trials to be done. As you keep making incremental gains of the trials, bigger and bigger partners are more likely to come to the table in advance. Sure. Right? Well, that that's really and look. You know, I'll be very transparent, uh, George. We're 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 not uh, we're not likely. Uh, you know, things always change, and the capital markets always change. But we're not likely uh, to take this product all the way to full commercialization. Uh, we feel pretty strongly uh, that uh, you know all those surgeons that I was just speaking to you about. They all have relationships with the uh, with the big orthopedic companies, and so we'll be able to work with them 
to work with their partners and and uh, and present our technology and show them uh, how this might create uh, a really good opportunity for them to either help us develop this and so help fund the the the, the phase three development this which, which would be another couple of years on top of the uh, of the eighteen months or so uh, that we're away from uh, from finishing this particular trial, uh, but I uh, I firmly believe that uh, that we're going to and get at least a development partner, if not an exit of the organization sometime after uh, or during uh, this uh, phase one, two trial. So, you know, 18, 24 months. And that's going to go by like that. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, this is for the U.S. Uh, this is what's, the US. The, what's the IP protection for this elsewhere in the world? So it's, it's kind of funny. We released uh, that last Friday, uh, George, and, uh, and on Monday and Tuesday, we got uh, the same version of the Canadian patent uh, and the same version of the European patent uh, ah, at the same time. So, uh, so all of the, the largest uh, markets in the world and, and Western medicine uh, is, uh, is now covered. Um, those two other issues were, were, are called a notice of issue. Uh, so the patent hasn't been issued. It'll be another 30 days or so. Um, but uh, the U.S. was the one that we we're really looking for. But uh, this, uh, these three patents that have now uh, that will uh, we now are guaranteed to have received uh, are going to form the cornerstone of uh, of the value creation for uh, our eventual partners. That's going to help us uh, commercialize this. I've got to assume that when the U.S. patent was issued, it's on the record. The whole. The, your industry or the industry you're targeting, the orthos, they, somebody out there is watching these all the time, right? Oh, indeed. Um, uh, is indeed it safe to assume are. that your phone has either started to ring or will start well, to you ring? Know, you know, the, the industry's changed a lot, uh, George. It used to be that, uh, you know, with a 12 uh, rat study, uh, you would uh, be able to get uh, big pharma or, or large, uh, large med tech to, uh, to pay attention. Uh, and now they, uh, they certainly pay attention and then, you know, everything we're doing. Uh, but they tend to have uh, to wait now until uh, the phase one, two work is either completed or certainly uh, gives us a good indication. Um, and so, you know, part of my job is to make sure that everyone that we uh, that we care about knowing uh, uh, knows and follows the development of our uh, of our technology so that uh, that we're able to uh, uh, to find the right partner. Uh, and uh, and the cool thing is, is uh, orthopedic companies that do these shoulder surgeries or, or all of these uh, kind of uh, tendon or meniscus repair, um, they have uh, huge franchises in the instruments, uh, the anchors and the sutures that uh, that are uh, that are done in these kinds of surgeries. And, uh, and right now, uh, essentially, uh, there's a lot of people that sit on the sidelines because they know that the, uh, the surgeries have, uh, in fact, in the soldier, shoulder, as you mentioned, uh, right at uh, front, it's you know, anywhere from 20 to 90% uh, failure rate. Yeah, um, I just used 40 to 50 because yeah, that's yeah, yeah, but that's, so it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really remarkable depending on how old you are and, and, and what your history is. So, uh, so there's a lot of people that just uh, avoid doing the surgery altogether. So with something that could potentially uh, potentially uh, help uh, uh, guarantee a higher success rate, uh, the, the, the floodgates could open up in terms of people uh, doing it. My, my wife is, uh, is one of them. She has a tear in both shoulders. She had one repaired uh, and it retore. Uh, and so, um, so basically uh, she said, I'm, I'm not doing the other one. And so that's a classic, uh, very personal case of- uh, Yeah, you hear that, the rotator covers. especially, people, yeah. oh, especially older guys like me, I would say like you, <laughs> hey, I can lift it till there. Good enough. I don't want to go through surgery and chance exactly. of it failing and all that. So this is good business for all the doctors and the companies are going to say, hey, George, come on in now because we <laughs> we're going to have a much, much, much higher you know, success rate. So what comes next now? 
Uh, Doc, what, 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 what comes next from here? So the, the big, uh, obviously the big focus for us, uh, George, is, uh, is to focus on executing the clinical trial. Uh, on that note, uh, we have, uh, we've identified our 10 sites uh, and uh, we're, uh, we've completed the contracting and budgeting process for six of those sites. Uh, three of them have been, have been initiated. So they're recruiting patients now. And what's different, uh, and this didn't actually occur to me up front, but what's different uh, in, in our case than most clinical trials where you actually have to find the patients in the community is uh, surgeons have about a six to eight week uh, sort sure. of rotation of where, they're, uh, where they schedule their surgeries. So all of the patients that are going to do this trial are actually already in the system. And by definition, next week, you know, the seventh week is going to be, uh, is going to be populated. So uh, we'll always find the patients uh, to be screened inside the practices. So that gives me a little more comfort uh, that uh, we won't go have to search for patients and, uh, uh, and we should be a little more predictable, predictable in, in, uh, in our ability to recruit the, uh, the 75 patients uh, uh, that, uh, that we need to, to do to complete this trial. So you're, you know, you're on your way. I mean, devil's advocate, is there something that keeps you up at night and worries you uh, other than just execution of the trials? Cause that's standard, you know, but that's not unique to you. It, it is, but you know, you know, there's a little secret in the industry that there are clinical trial gods uh, that sometimes oh. uh, just uh, play havoc in that side. I, I don't think I've been doing this for 35 years and, uh, and I've gotten a lot more conservative about predicting uh, the outcome, not not only the outcome, but the the time that it takes to do clinical trials. You got to do it right, and we're actually in the clinical lead, uh, George. So we're we're the the number one company right now that's uh, first in humans uh, for this kind of technology. Uh, so we have every advantage to do this right uh, and to make sure that there are no protocol deviations and that we recruit our patients exactly the way that uh, that the protocols demand. Uh, so if it takes us uh, an extra month, two or a quarter uh, to, to get it done right, uh, I'll make that trade off any day of the week. Uh, because well, ultimately it'll mean, this fast, uh, famous uh, saying. Yeah, exactly. Well said. And, and you know, when I, when, I, when I open with this, I use the example of NHL, NBA and global soccer. You know, I want people to be able to relate to what we're talking about. But yeah. if everything goes well, uh, I would assume that the biggest, some of the biggest athletes in the world are going to be, if everything goes well, will be using uh you know this process this platform yeah. you know i'm a I, i'm a i'm a big golf fan i play golf as much as i possibly can and i was reading an article about bubba watson the other day and uh and he had a, a very pop you know a very well-known uh wrist injury over the last uh several about six or six or nine months and and he went on the record he says look i use prp i have to use it every day it's a pain in the ass so that's a uh, that's a, a classic case of uh, with uh, with our technology. He'd be able to take one injection and have it stay resident for four to six weeks, and and then hopefully be done with uh, with this rather than having to mess with it for six to nine months. So uh, you know, there's a sort of a tangible uh, tangible case, uh, and I just want to make sure every everybody out there right uh, understands that uh, right now we're we're uh, designing a clinical trial to prove that. So my comments are in anticipation of that being positive. Uh, I don't know that for a fact uh, today, uh, but uh, certainly oh, we have animal clinics. We have animal we examples. We, you're not just taking a shot in the dark here. No, 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 no. A lot of people uh, don't know this, but you did animal preclinical trials with uh, some indeed. fantastic results, right? Indeed. In fact, uh, the big uh, the big finding was uh, when you uh, when you take uh, when you do a surgery like your shoulder. But you notice about the the, the tendons in the shoulders uh, is that they're they're white, uh, so they're uh, they're they're not vascularized. That's why surgeons want to bring a blood supply, uh, because that's what the repair system is. 
Uh, and uh, and what we found, uh, so, so the standard of care now is just essentially joining the tear together and allowing scar tissue to form around the tear. And that's why they're so fragile and they tend yep. to re-tear all the time. Um, and, uh, and in the animal studies that we did or called preclinical studies, uh, what was really uh, the, the biggest finding is, uh, is uh, rather than scar tissue, uh, about uh, the repair looked 80% like native tissue, so pre-tear. Uh, so that was really, really exciting, and that's what we hope to bring uh, to the humans uh, and uh, in the clinical trials. So, so that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at in this particular trial, in addition to the tradition of uh, looking for safety, uh, safety profile in phase one and two work. We've got these secondary endpoints that look at the structure and look at the, uh, the, the range of motion and all the things that uh, people care about, and we hope to, uh, to get uh, early indications uh, this won't be powered to show statistical significance in those things, but early indications that these are things that uh, people should expect uh, when the, uh, the the final clinical trials get done. When you said 80% there, I'll leave it with this. It almost reminded me of Terminator when you know the injuries would would completely almost heal and look back to normal. <laughs> Scar tissue way today, you know, yeah. ortho regenerative is almost making it look like the original you know, the, just the, the original combo. And that's that's that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great analogy, George. Uh, we hope that that's going to be the case. Thanks for joining us today, Doc. Really appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. All the best to you. Bye now. Hey, to everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Philippe Deschamps, CEO of Ortho Regenerative Technologies, trades in Canada on the stock symbol ORTH for friends in the US, ORTIF. For those new to the story, and that's going to be a lot of you, uh, and this sounds really interesting because you can relate to it from the topics we're talking about. We all go through this. We've got friends and family. We have our favorite athletes. And now you got a small cap company that may have a real solution, got a real patent uh, applied against that, amongst many others. Start your due diligence by going to the company's profile page in Agoracom. We know there's a lot of science here. We know there's a lot of medicine here. So what we do is give you a good thousand foot overview to make it comfortable, give you good foundational information. Then once you're comfortable with that, head over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey, George. Hey, guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap podcast.